Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. No Greg this Thank week. Thank God. Calling in sick. What a Who's quitter. he think he is? Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> Maybe he got suspended because that seems to be the thing that's going around in the league right now. Is he ripping off hats and chucking them at I, people? I think that's exactly what happened. He tried to hit you with his hat last week. You weren't there, so I suspended him. Good call. Good call. Thank you. It's always good to feel validated. I appreciate it. This is the Piffles Podcast. Coming off the top there, that was Here We Go by the Johnny McKegg Band. We are the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. You can give us a follow on Twitter, at Piffles Pod. You can follow me, at RealAlexD. You can find me, at Safamod. Greg is at Greg on Sports, and uh, bash him for not being here. Please and thank you. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, just search Piffles Pod, and of course the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're now on Skip the Dishes, and uh, Steve, you didn't get to talk about this last week. Pumpkin pie blizzards. It's officially time. You can, you can actually have one now. I'm having one on my way home from recording tonight. Proud of you. Yeah. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We have a lot to get to. Let's get right into it. Time for the opening kickoff. So let's start with the uh, the rider stuff going on this week. And uh, after the first day of practice on Tuesday, we got some good news regarding one of the best players on the team, Brendan Labatt, back at practice. Uh, that's nothing but a good thing. We, we can always use uh, a little extra talent on the O-line. Solid Canadian kid. Glad to see him back after uh, missing the entire season thus far. I guess uh, this injury happened in 2017 and kind of pushed through it in 2018, but that's what caused him to miss a couple games last year. And he said this year there was no push off like in his leg. He felt no power. Yeah, he said so, he had a dead leg. Yeah. So not not a good thing for an offensive lineman. I don't sounded think. Sounded like retirement was a real option. And I mean, we were talking, you know, the last couple of weeks anyway, where we didn't think he would be coming back at all because they've been so quiet about what's been going on and and who knows what's happening. But now we're finally getting an update, and he was with the starting line back in his regular left guard spot. And they had uh, Dakota Shepley and Darius Bladak re- uh, rotating at right guard. Obviously, the other person is going to be the sixth O-lineman this week from the sounds of it. That that just makes our O-line instantly better. When when you push, is it Shram down to seven? And you got either Shepley or, or Bladak as your rotation guy? I, I, like, I like that. And that's going to bode well for Cody Fajardo. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that in the Tallgrass Apparel Enemy Preview a little bit later on. Zach Evans, back on the practice field. Obviously can't talk to media because his six games aren't up yet. Um, but there, it's uh, good to see that he's back there and should be back on time. Again, we're, we're talking about another solid interior lineman uh, on the other side of the ball. We, we've really missed his presence there in the middle. You never... you know, you expect with guys like uh, with Charleston Hughes and Micah Johnson that you're going to be fine, but he's an all-star interior lineman. I, I, we need him back. And speaking of all-star lineman, Charleston Hughes back at practice as well. Had a brace on his arm, though, or on his elbow, whatever it was that was hurt. 
And it looks like he'll be back in this Toronto game. Yeah, I had the chance to go out uh, for dinner with him on uh, on Saturday night. and I saw I, that case. So so he brought t- took a bunch of people out to supper for guessing uh, which university has the most, uh, the most players, players in the CFL. Yep. Was it the UFC? It was the UFC Dinos. I yep. thought so. Yeah. So and how was that? It was actually really good. I've never been to Memories, first of Great all. Great place. Great and place. food was good. And, and it was good to see, like, we see these guys on the field when they're in, you know, they're in cliche response modes 90% of the time. Charleston Hughes is not one of those guys. He, <laughs> he was, because uh, we were sitting at the table when Odell Willis got his 100th sack, and he was, he was beaking him from, uh, from no right beside us. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about having a, a group chat with him and uh, um, Bowman and, and Willis. And saying they were going to cut him out until he got that hundredth sack because he couldn't get there, <laughs> just stuff like that. It was just it was a lot of fun, and it was good to see a guy loose. But I did ask him Saturday night, you know, will he be back next week? And he was uh, he was pretty quick to say, yeah, I I could have played, but two weeks off isn't a bad thing. Yeah, going into the bye week, no sense of uh, hurting it, getting an extra week and in, in uh, and healthy there. So that's good news there. Jordan Williams Lambert practicing again with the number two team. We've talked about it. Who's he? Whose roster spot does he take? And I don't know how to answer that right now. There's too many guys playing well on this team. That who do you really take off? If practice was any indication, he, he's looking at taking Roosevelt's spot. That's what he was there with mimicking. The backups, right? Yeah, but that's the spot that he was running all through. Uh, there's with no, the twos. There's no way Naaman Roosevelt comes off the roster. Oh, I don't. I don't Absolutely think it happens. Not just the. That's just what uh, what practice suggests. But you know what? I'm. We talked about this before the show. I am. 80% confident that he's going to be in the lineup come Saturday afternoon because uh, I think they're going to work him in tomorrow with closed practice and and see where he's at, see if he's ready to go. And if he shows enough, he'll be uh, he'll be out there Saturday night. You can't keep him down long. No, and they'll, and they'll have him all over the place on the field too, not just in the slot. They might have him at wide side. They might push Manny back outside because he's been playing on the inside the last couple games and looks a lot better in the inside, more comfortable than he does on the wide side. I said this uh, before we started recording. What about taking Marcus Thigpen off the roster? You still have Kyron Moore as a re- as a returner. You got Lucius Purifoy. So maybe Thigpen is the, the one out. The only problem is that leaves us dangerously thin behind William Powell at running back. Only Keenan LaFrance would be left. That's exactly why you don't do it. You can't go into, especially coming down the stretch with games against everybody in the West, and every one of these games is important. You cannot have your season come down to Keenan LaFrance. Nothing against the guy, but he is not a, a starting quality running back right now. Good change of pace guy if you need one, but I, I can't see them taking off Marcus Thigpen. But again, this is a great problem to have that we have to we have to figure out which quality talented offensive player has to come off the off the 42 or off the 44. But that's a great problem. I, I wish we had this problem on a more regular basis over the years. We won't find out until Friday when they release the depth chart and exactly what their plan is, but uh, Lambert will be on the on the roster this week. There's no way that, there's no way that he'll be back on the one-game list, so we'll just have to wait and see with that. And uh, one other injury note, still no A.C. Leonard out there. Chad Jeter taking the number one reps on Tuesday with uh, at defensive end. I'm all right with Chad Jeter out there. He uh, he did great last week in, uh, in, without Charleston Hughes on the other side. I'm excited to see what he'll do with with the basically our starting defensive unit. If Zach Evans is back, if Hughes is back, and Micah Johnson, I, I'd like to see Jeter get uh, get another game. 
Can we bring up Vernon Adams right now? I don't see why not. Let's talk about it. Can we talk? Well, before we do, let's just let's just bask in the glory of a 20-point collapse by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Montreal this past Saturday. Winnipeg was up after three quarters, 37 to 17. 20-point lead. Gone. And there's a lot of people in Winnipeg not happy, not just with the loss, but how they lost right after Jeff Hecht, who's having a hell of a year, actually, a hecht of a year even. It got, took you twice to get that job. I'm disappointed yeah, in you. I, I realized it right as I said it past. We're coming Damn off it, the bye I week. Lost. It's fine. I had a golden opportunity, a blue and gold opportunity, and I blew it again. I double blew it. You get you get two. That, there you uh, go. We're playing the Argos, so there, it's double blue. There you three. go. Okay, I'll stop and try and deal with yeah. So, Heck got the interception, and of course, once there's always somebody on defense that goes right after the quarterback once the interception is thrown, because you can legally hit him, and you can throw him to the ground and everything. So, Adam Big Hill went after Vernon Adams. They got into a little scuffle, a little tiff, if you will, and uh, Vernon Adams uh, ripped off Big Hill's helmet Swung it at him, apparently hit him in the chin. I don't know how hard he hit him because his face did not move. So either Big Hill's face is made of stone or damn. Vernon Adams gets suspended for one game for doing that. Give me your take on on that whole situation. I mean, it's the right call. 100%. You got to suspend him. Not just the ripping the helmet off. That happens multiple times a year. There's not a a big situation there. That's a 15-yard penalty and you walk away from it. But if if the video that we saw it, and it looks it looks damning for Vernon Adams, you could see the helmet leave his hands and connect with somebody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if he bonked it off somebody's you know stomach. You cannot toss a helmet at a guy or use it as a a weapon in any way. One game suspension absolutely deserved. I'm glad he wasn't suspended or ejected from uh, from the game because I loved watching that collapse. And uh, I love the fact that not only is he suspended this week, not only should he have been ejected, but he was the player of the week. And that is beautiful, and I love it. I'm going to go back to the CFL Twitter because they want you to retweet who should get the fan award. I want to vote for him just in spite of Bomber fans. Absolutely. And I love that they're complaining about Vernon Adams being on that list. Andrew Harris is on that list. He is a cheater intentional or otherwise. You can't sit there and complain that Vernon Adams is on that list while retweeting at Andrew Harris. Get that crap out of here. Sorry, I'm just mini rant. Well, you got a real rant coming up. I got, a, I got a real rant. On, so that's just getting you fired up for that. Let's just go back and talk about Winnipeg losing because that was oh. glorious. But well, I, thought, the, I thought you want me to stay angry for the rant time. That's, well, we'll That makes we'll me so that. happy. <laughs> right? But that drops them to four losses, nine and four. Calgary's nine and four. The Riders are sitting at eight and four. You got three teams in the West, all tied with four losses. And Winnipeg has far and away the hardest schedule to close out the year. They come here. They still have to go to Calgary. Riders still have to play again in Calgary as well, too. Still, <laughs> still, you know, a, a tough game. And judging by the first meeting between the two teams, ugh, and that was without Bo Levi Mitchell. This is going to be a great race down to the, to the wire. Where do you see these guys, these three teams, finishing in the West if you were to give me a bold prediction right now. See, I've got the Riders going four and two to close out the year. I think so they lose twelve and six. Yeah, I think they lose one to Edmonton just because of that. The home and homes are hard to hard to sweep. And I think they lose to Calgary. That that team is just 
Calgary. They're a good team. What, what else can you say about them at this point? One one year they're going to fall off and we're going to enjoy every minute of it, but we're not there yet. I think they go 12 and 6. I think they finish second to Calgary. I think uh I think Winnipeg finishes at uh either 11 and 7 or 12 and 6, but they lose to us, lose that season series. And uh and they got to go they got to come back into a a loud mosaic stadium to try and win a th- for you know their third time there this year. Not win their third time, but try for the third time. I put the show title, No More Buys, Eyes on the Prize. I think the Riders get one more buy. I think they finish first. I still think they lose in Calgary. But I think Calgary loses two games. The Riders go 5-1 and one down the stretch. They win every game except for the Calgary game. But then they get Calgary at home in the West Final. I won't make a prediction on that yet. But I just, there's something about this team that has me believing. There's a lot of things that I'm still not sold on. I'm still not completely sold on the offense and Cody Fajardo because look at what they've scored the last few games. There's games where they've scored 19, they've scored 17. Like they, they've not been putting up a ton of points, but they do when it matters. There's just something about this team. As long as they're in a close game, I'm completely confident that Cody Fajardo is going to get that one drive that he needs to get us into field goal range, to go and score a touchdown. I just have that confidence in him even though there's still something missing. I could absolutely see it. You know, if you look, especially coming down to the end of the year, if my prediction is right and we've got, you know, Edmonton or at uh, Winnipeg and Calgary and all of us up at 11, you know, 10, 11 wins as we get to the last two weeks, Edmonton's going to have nothing to play for. I'm sorry, BC fans, that you're not catching Edmonton. You're two in, what, three in 10? Three in 10. If, they, if you start a season one in 10 and make the playoffs, I'm spending all off season arguing for less playoff spots because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and if they win the Grey Cup, we'd never hear the end of it. So it's not happening, but if it does, weekly rants, I guarantee it. It would be another year without Winnipeg winning, so I'm not completely opposed to it for that reason only. I mean, if, if it keeps that streak going, because I want to spend all next year laughing at 30, you know, that that, that would be great. But if, if Edmonton has nothing to play for come the end of the season... I could see us sweeping that. I mean, if, especially if we've got first on the line. Edmonton doesn't know how, to, know how to score touchdowns. All they do is kick field goals. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Although Logan Kilgore did have a good, you know, second half comeback against uh, Hamilton there, down 24 nothing, and came back and tied it, almost won the game. I turned that game off. When it was 24 nothing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I took had the dogs to do. out for a walk yeah. then. So like, yeah, came back and was like, whoa, what the hell yeah. did I miss? <laughs> Let's talk about that game for a second. One play, and I wrote it down here. Simone Lawrence is a dirty prick. I don't think he actually is. We've talked to him. We've met him in person. We've had him on the show a couple times. Fantastic guy. Even if he keeps dodging my race. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) But uh, on the field, especially this season, he's been a dirty player. Zach Claros hit. He's twisting guys' ankles under piles, which to me is unacceptable. That's even worse. And then this hit on Logan Kilgore. Kilgore clearly going down. It wasn't a head helmet-to-helmet shot, but it still was a head shot. Dropped his shoulder into the top of Kilgore's head. That has to stop. And I hope when the fines come out for this week, because they haven't, probably sometime on Wednesday, when they come out, Simone Lawrence's name better be on that fine list. I, I don't Borderline I think it, suspended. I think it belongs on the suspended list. If not just for that hit... That hit alone, I don't think you suspend for it. 
but now he has a history. But he, this is the third time we're talking about a dirty play by him this year. You have to send a message. You have to tell him this is not okay. Like if two games off and a half a game check isn't enough, you know, then give take off another game check. Keep punishing him until he gets it through his head that you cannot do this. Because I don't, I don't think he's a dirty person. No, he's not. He, he's like we said, we've talked to him. He's a nice guy. He's always he's been great for the league for throughout his career. Just this year, I don't know what it is. He just can't stop it, and you can't just walk away with a fine again and go, uh, whatever. It's just, it's just Logan Kilgore. Not, not a big deal. It was an accident. Let's, we'll, we'll come back to it later. No, suspend him again, and it should be two games. He's, he now has a history. This is, this is the third hit. Where do you draw that line? And yes, if anybody else makes that hit, it's a very quick conversation. A fine is acceptable, and we move on. But sorry, Savoti, you put yourself in this corner with you know, repeated mistakes in one season. Got to sit. The opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal Page. Let's get to some questions. Every week, we'd like to take some questions from listeners. Hey, what do you guys want us to talk about? Let's talk about stuff. Fans with whistles, Jeff says. This goes back to the Winnipeg-Montreal game. Tony Washington says that uh, the, their O-line basically stopped blocking for a play because they heard whistles and thought the play was dead. Apparently, that happened twice in the game, and he's calling out the Bomber fans in the crowd for doing that. Stupid. Or second time in the season, whatever it was. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. If stuff like that happens, I know you can't pick one person out of 20,000 or 30,000, however, however many people are at the game. It's really, really hard to. I get that, and you can't really eject them. But there has to be a penalty on that team for it. 100%. But the problem is, You're how gonna, do you, where, you, where do you draw that? Like, you can't, if I'm a, if I'm a Ryder fan, right? I got a whistle. I start blowing it at a time that would give my op- the opposition a penalty because it would be beneficial to them. Or well, I ha- throw on a bomber's to, jersey. You, you have to give it to the to the home crowd. Unfortunately, in this case, it would have been Montreal, which would have been all sorts of backwards. So if I'm if I go to a game in Calgary or Edmonton or Winnipeg and grab a whistle and just run around the stadium blowing that whistle and trying not to get caught, probably what would happen. Unfortunately, yeah. it'd be wrong. Don't get me wrong, but. It's, like, it's the right thing, though. You have to, and it used to be. I know the Riders' pep band took a, took a penalty years ago for, and they weren't even, I mean, they were Rider employed, but I mean. But it's also a safety concern for the players, too, because if they start, blo- if they stop blocking and another guy's coming at them full speed and drills them, there could be a ser- serious injury. I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm with you. It, I, like, I do like that Tony Washington was calling out the Bomber fans. For that, the second time this season that 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 happened to the Montreal Alouettes. Speaking of the Montreal Alouettes, you see Tommy Campbell's tweet. Yeah, what is up with this? He said, "I'm done with this team." Basically, well, it wasn't that I'm done with the team. It was and I'm he done said, with this league in Montreal. Anyways, he he quoted that and said, "In Montreal, anyways." Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, he quote tweeted his own tweet. Wow, he's a dick for doing that. You don't quote tweet your own tweet. Why not? It's dumb. You're dumb. That's true. I mean, make a thread, I guess, yeah. is, is the other alternative. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, this is the time you want to quit on, on the Alouettes? When they're, they're actually looking good? Where they're 
legit or realistically the team to beat in the East. And there's arguments to be said that they're the number one team out there right now. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, they're looking. No. See, the difference between Hamilton and Montreal. And yeah. I, I get it. Montre- Hamilton is winning and they're winning regularly, but they're not winning with a lot of blowouts. They're not, they're not winning with any starters. Well, yeah. I didn't say the riders are the best team in the West right now. Did I? What, okay. Well, Winnipeg's not winning with blowouts. Well, Winnipeg they're, they're, they're sucks. Blowing blowouts. That's amazing. I, I think I still think Hamilton is likely at the top. I mean, obviously they're what eleven and two, ten and ten two, and three, ten, 10 and, and three. three. I mean, should they're, be eleven and two if it was for uh, Trey Roberson blocked field goal a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, thanks for that. Could have helped us out too. That would have been nice. But I mean, yeah, they're they're there, but there's something about this Montreal team. They're just they're slowly moving their way up and they're peaking at the right time. They're 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 on their way up. I think they take the east when when the time comes. More questions. Andrea out in Ottawa. Yeah, that Andrea. Hi Andrea. Hi Andrea. If the Riders aren't in the Grey Cup, who will you be cheering for and why? Is this as easy for you as it is for me? Absolutely. East Calgary. Division. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> we have that on record now. Oh, God. Don't let the Dream Team hear that, especially when the game's in Calgary. Oh, I'm, I'm staying home if Calgary's in the Grey Cup. It, it's the East. I, I will always cheer on the East. What, happen, what happens if Edmonton is the team to, team to make it out of the East? Battle of Alberta? I'm still taking Edmonton. I'd still take Edmonton ABC, but I'd be done. Like, come on. A Battle of Alberta in Alberta? Ugh. No thanks. I'd be booing God. both teams. I wouldn't cheer for any of them. I'd be That's booing. I'd, I'd just be enjoying the week. Suck. I might even sell my ticket. Can we have a tie game? 30-30 and a lightning strike hits. A three-hour lightning strike. And uh, one final question here from Steve. Uh, how reminiscent is the current Red Blacks team to past riders teams like the 2015 team? I would almost say this Ottawa team is worse than that 2015 rider team, and that was the worst team I've been around for. I agree with that completely. At least with that Ryder team, there felt like there was something to build on. This Ottawa team, they're coming off of, you know, three, is it three Grey Cup appearances in the last four years in their five-year existence? They are awful. We knew they were going to take a step back, losing Trevor Harris, losing Greg Ellingson. We knew William Powell as well. We knew they were going to take a step back. We all, I think we all said that they'd finish last that we had Montreal ahead of them this year. Did we know it was going to be this bad, though? No. That's a sharp drop. That's a sharp drop off. I don't think anybody could have predicted they would be this bad. And I agree with you. This is, this is probably the worst team I've seen. They, they might be worse than the 1-17 in Hamilton Tiger Cats from years ago. This is just a bad football team. And now they're, they're splitting their, uh, their quarterbacking next week. Why? They both suck, so you put them together and they're going to be better? No, they are going to suck. They're trying the whole math multiplication thing. You times a negative <laughs> by a negative and it becomes a positive. No, the only way that whole situation becomes a positive is if you play Will Arndt, your third stringer. I, I think that's what you got to do, but they aren't going to do that. So Ha, uh, I see what you did there. See, that's how you make a pun on the first try. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> There's the Piffles questions this week. Keep sending them in to us on Twitter at PifflesPod. We'll gladly get to them here on the show. Steve, you have this week's CFL Tweet of the Week. Let's go. 
The CFL Tweet of the Week this week goes out to Alain Boucher out of Ottawa with an absolutely beautiful take on the Red Blacks that we just finished talking about. Segway. Right? Unplanned. Well done. He goes, lousy attendance and a losing record. I like the attention to detail on Retro Night. <laughs> Throwing it back to the Red Blades. Red Blades. Red Blades. Yeah, I mean, that's, there you go. Yeah. The Renegades. That's I just, I, I want to, that perfect take. And I love that, like, some of these fans are taking this in stride and almost laughing at it, which is what you have to you do when a team is this it, bad. Right? You have right. to. Look what we did in 2015. We started a podcast in 2015. Didn't we? We started 2016 was uh, our first year. That's true. But we're still three and five and 13. Yeah. I you mean, you got to have fun with it. You got to look and, and figure out the bright sides. And, and that's just, that's sports. Yeah, you know your team's not going to be good. They suck. Okay, well, that's fine. Accept that and then be like, hey, but you know what? This guy's looking really good. That's a guy to kind of build around. It's like any sport. Yeah, but how do you find anybody to build around on that roster right now? Um, you hope you have a really good free agency because they're it's looking. Good. I don't want to. I, I, we get in trouble from Ottawa fans that we have that, you know, think <laughs> that we pile on red black so much the team itself not the fans the team itself kind of deserves it not kind of you were gifted a good competitive team got a great cup out of it really didn't have any competition in the east at all you got home playoff games with eight wins it's time to take a take a step back and that, it looks good that's the part that makes me laugh the most and i'm pretty sure i've said this on the show before the, the, we talk about this big fall of the Ottawa Red Blacks. They've only had one winning season. There we go. I mean, sorry, I, again, we're ragged on the Red Blacks, but, you know, deserve this year. Slow Riders News Week. Right? There's it's bye no week. Sorry, guys. But we're not talking about some, some big drop from a, you know, 14-4, and 10-8, and eight, you know, successful run of seasons. We're talking about one winning season in their existence. Yes, they made the Grey Cup three times, and that is the ultimate goal, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, definitely. But do they make the Grey Cup in the West? No, they don't make the playoffs in the West. Right? Like, I, I mean, yes, they won. They, they did win their Grey Cup against a Western team, and thank you for that. You Any given Calgary, Sunday. Right? But, and we were cheering for them then. Yes, we were. I, I just, uh, again, you could get me ranting on this whole huge drop thing, but there, there's just... Does Marcel, Marcel Desjardins get the hook? Uh, no, not quite. Should he? Not quite yet. No, not quite yet. I think you give him in, you know, midway through next year. If the rumors are true that they are spending right up to the cap and this is the team he's put together, he's got to go. 100%. You can't have one bad year and then be like, okay, that's it. But he hasn't. That's the point. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, great cup appearances are great, but we're still talking about you give him a chance to eight, turn nine, around. ten wins. You give him a chance to turn around. If he doesn't do it, then yes, you fire him. You try and have that continuity as much as you possibly can. Well, they should have thought about that in the offseason when they got rid of everybody. When they didn't even offer a contract to their starting quarterback. Whoops. Uh, rant. <laughs> You're kind of in that mode right now. Why don't we get right to it right now? The Churchill Brewing Company rant of the week. Go for it. My rant this week is going to go out to all of the CFL's tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy nutjobs. I, I can't begin to express how ridiculous some of these theories are enough to actually express it out loud. But 
We're talking about the fans in Winnipeg right now who think that the refs allowed Vernon Adams to stay in that game because they're trying to sell the the Montreal Alouettes. I'm sorry, these are the same fans who four, four or five weeks ago when we beat Montreal in a lightning storm were saying the CFL was just trying to help the Riders get a win. And what else have we had? We, we've had nonstop runs of conspiracy theories in the CFL so far that I wish I would have bought stock in tinfoil and aluminum <laughs> foil because this is getting embarrassing. The league doesn't care who wins. They don't have a vested interest in every single game from a winning standpoint. The refs don't care. The refs are making the calls they see. And we won't even get into the weather garbage. Just stop it. You're embarrassing yourselves. Take the hat off. Watch the game and have some fun. That's it. That's all. We need that Weird Al song about (laughs) tinfoil conspiracies. That's what we should get. Anyway, we got to move on. Tallgrass Apparel, enemy preview. Riders going to Toronto this Saturday, 5 p.m. James Franklin getting the start for Toronto. My question to you, he'll probably start the next couple games, I'm assuming. Why would you have this back and forth quarterback situation, unless you're Ottawa? (laughs) Is this James Franklin's final shot to prove himself as as a starting quarterback in this league? You know, I saw somebody post a theory on this, and I'm starting to think it might be legitimate because McLeod Bethel-Thompson hasn't been bad. Leads the league in in, touchdown passes. He's been serviceable on a, I'm sorry, on a bad football team. I think this is is Toronto saying, okay, this year's done. Let's, Let's throw James Franklin out there, showcase him a little bit to see what we can get for him in the trade, for the trade deadline coming up in a couple weeks here. I think that's them trying to say, this guy's available, look what he can do. And hoping to God he doesn't completely crap the bed. All four of Toronto's quarterbacks are free agents at the end of the year, including Macbeth, including Prokop, and James Franklin. Whoops. That is some solid jamming out in uh, Toronto way. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're McLeod Bethel Thompson, I, I, think, I think you stay. I, that's probably your best shot at a starting job. I mean, maybe not. They're... Sitting somewhere, starting somebody else, but Ottawa's going to be looking for a quarterback next year too. That's that's probably true. There's a handful of decent quarterbacks that are going to be available in the off season. Both quarterbacks in Winnipeg. I know your favorite, uh, Strevler. Chris Strevler is a free agent. Oh, sorry, quarterbacks, not running backs. My bad. Sorry. I wish people could see the look Steve is giving me right now. If looks could kill and like daggers shot and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. That. Um, But Matt Nichols, also Cody Fajardo. As we know, is a free agent. Nick Arbuckle is a free agent, and with all these quarterback injuries that have happened this year, it, we've we've seen a lot more quarterbacks step up because they've had to, and now all of a sudden there's, you know, a, a good amount of serviceable quarterbacks available. This feels like the right time to say there is a plethora of quality quarterbacks. It might even make my uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli expendable. No, it won't. If Dane Evans goes and wins the Grey Cup this year. If Hamilton, Hamilton. Wins, if Hamilton wins the Grey Cup, it's not because of Dame, Dane Evans. It's their defense. So you, exactly. don't even, you don't even need Mazzoli then. You got this defense. <laughs> assuming, got the they, defense. assuming they keep the rest of that roster together, sure. But I, I, don't, see, I don't see the Ticats walking away from I mean, if they do, there's going to be He's coming three off or two, four other teams that are going to want to jump two, in there. Two ACL injuries. You know who likes going after quarterbacks with ACL inj- injuries? The Riders. 
I hope Damn. we don't. I hope it's Cody Fajardo because I mean, he leads us to a great cop. I mean, if Cody Fajardo walks in the offseason, I'm not going to lie, Jeremiah Masoli wouldn't be a, a bad backup prize. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset at that. Not even a little not, bit. Well, not what I want, but best of the rest, I guess, at that point. And that's not a slight at, at Mazzoli and Zane. That's just an injury thing, like another ACL injury. Especially for a mobile guy. Yeah, like that. It's, we don't need to have that here in Saskatchewan again. We just finished having that a couple, like, for the last four years. We don't need to have that. Anyway, is there anything about this game that, uh, you know, has you kind of fired up? Has you expecting that it should be a close game? Should it be a blowout? It should be a blowout. Um, <laughs> it absolutely should be a blowout. I mean, look what happened last time these two teams met. What was the score at the end of the first? Like 28 to three or 27 nothing I yeah think. it was it was an absolute crap kicking 25 yeah. nothing sorry yeah and we ended up winning 32 to 7 yeah yeah well yeah it was canada day yeah that was a, that was a good day the three hour rain delay. delay yeah that was fun <laughs> i mean it, it's really i always have it have trouble getting excited for games against the lower half of the eastern division i mean it's just i want to see how we perform this, these are the games that we have to go out, and we've done it all year. The games that we should win, we've done in dominating fashion. The only exception was that opening game to Ottawa, where apparently Jonathan Jennings decided he was a... Was it Jennings? No, that was Dominic Davis. The, the one time where Dominic Davis decided he was going to be an all-star for the season and then never did it again. I of course, mean, that happens against the Rockets. Right, every time. Of but you look, it does. look what we did to BC. Look what we did again against Ottawa. Look what we did against Toronto in the first game. We have been consistently dominating these types of games, and they need to do it again. If we want to be a realistic, realistic top three team in the CFL, you have to win those games. I want to see us score some points. It's been a while before since this team has scored 30 points. It's been August 24th against Ottawa. When they scored 40. Otherwise, it's been 19, 10, and 27. 27 the last game. I mean, that's not a, a low score by any means, but still, I want to see points put up. This is a team that they should put points up against. Finish drives. I want to see Cody Fajardo throw for a couple touchdowns. He only has 10 touchdown passes this year. He's got nine rushing. Powell has 10 rushing. But in terms of passing touchdowns, there's none. That and reminds three of me them too- came in that game against Ottawa. That reminds me too much of last year where we just couldn't couldn't put the ball in the end zone. At least we're doing it this year on the ground. You know, there's something to be said about that. But I'd like to see, like you, I'd like to see Cody Fajardo really light it up. Just that next step in his career. This is a team that you should go out and dominate. Go ahead and do it. Show us that you are this franchise quarterback. Especially with, another with, reason. with Calgary and Winnipeg back-to-back after that. You know, you have to, you have to win this game. And you have to show something the last thing we need to to do is to barely squeak out another you know last second field goal although i will take it a win is a win yep i will take 14 last second field goal wins a year i don't care but i want to see him just dominate for 60 minutes and that's the key even that game against toronto on july 1st we dominated for 25 minutes and then stopped and then it was even the rest of the way because it was a blowout they just kind of took their foot off the pedal and I mean, a three-hour delay sure doesn't help. Two hours, whatever it was. That sure doesn't help, but at the same time, it'd be nice to see them get back to where they were. Well, I guess there's only one thing left to do this week here on the Piffles Podcast, and that's get to our pick'em. Possible game of the week in the very first game. 
Hamilton at Winnipeg. Who you got? Hamilton. It's, it's, oh, I want to say Hamilton so bad. I really, really do. But Winnipeg, I think just after that loss and how it happened to Montreal, I think if it would have been a close game the whole way throughout and they lost that score, 38-37, then there'd be nothing to it. But losing a 20-point lead coming... <coughs> sorry. But losing a 20-point lead coming home, you've got to win this game if you're the Bombers. So I'll, I'll, I don't want it to happen, but I'm picking Winnipeg. Edmonton at Ottawa. I think Ed, Edmonton helps us clinch a playoff spot. Edmonton wins and, yeah, clinch a playoff spot before we even take the field on Saturday. Riders at Toronto. I haven't done it in a while. Riders by double digits. Riders will win that, and I agree. Double digits as well. And it's only final three games again this week? No, look on the other side of the paper. Ah, there we go. We use both sides of the sheet here on the Piffles podcast. Environmentally friendly. Oh, I was like, we have enough notes to fill up more than one side of a page, is what I was going at. We are environmentally friendly as well. Montreal at BC. Oh, Montreal. Even with Matthew Schiltz? Yep. I think Vernon Adams is the key to that whole, he's the, the spoon that stirs the drink, so to speak. I think BC wins this one. I, I still, I, I realize BC just won two games in dominating fashion. They are still not a good football team. That's, an, that's a 7 p.m. Pacific time start. That's 11 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, sorry. 10 o'clock. That's 10 o'clock Eastern time. That's a late game to start for Montreal. They never do good on this trip out to BC. Never. Why they do all these games against the Eastern teams at 8 o'clock pisses me off. Because well, you know why they really, do it. I know why they do it. But it sh- that should be the, the 5 o'clock game. No, I'm sticking with my gut. Montreal wins. Yeah. On, on the back of uh, UCF Knight alumni, William Stanbeck. Is he from UCF? He is. Oh, good for him. And actually, the one fan. game I got to go see. What was he playing he was, then? He was the, the starter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here. We are your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safamod. I guess you can find Greg at Greg on Sports, you too. Don't, you don't have to, though. No one's saying you have to do that. you got to follow you him on Mondays for his it. memes. Those are funny. Those are, those are solid. And, and the little Andrew Harris on a little body was funny, too. Some good stuff. We're also on Instagram. Just search Piffles Pod, Facebook, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast, and the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. And this is pretty much your last call if you're looking to get a Cody's uh, Jesus Sprinkles t-shirt, let us know. Just email us, pifflespodcast at gmail.com if you want in. October 1st is the cutoff. We can't get any more shirts after then. Let us know if you want to get in. 25 bucks, money going to the Hospitals of Regina Foundation in the pediatric wing. So let us know if you want that. Pifflespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media. Let us know and we'll get you all the details there. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And of course, a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. As we leave, this is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. <laughs>